Welcome to episode 42 of 10 Minute Tips to Teach Music. Welcome to 10 Minute Tips to Teach Music with Clarissa Custom Music's very own Kerry Lacey. Hi gang, welcome to stage two of your five-year plan toward epic change, the capture list. Epic change starts with your environment. The thing is that your environment can influence your mood, your behavior, your motivation, your interactions with people and your stress levels. As adults, we know this and we're very conscious of it in our own environment, particularly when we're at home. So why should our classrooms be any different? Why do we make them any different? We spend hours and hours in our classroom, just like we spend hours and hours in our home. So why are we not thinking about our environment? For example, if you think about your house, a messy entry with shoes, bags, other stuff on the floor, that's going to invite you to drop whatever you arrive with at the door. Whereas if you've got a nice clean entry and there's adequate storage for you to place things, that's going to encourage you to put things away. So that when you walk in the door, you walk into a clean space. Well, a classroom is no different. When a student walks into the room, if it's neat, it's tidy, it's professional, then they're going to have a, a very much higher respect level for that environment. If you walk into a room that's cluttered, tables are unevenly arranged, there's cables on the floor, then the kids are going to go, well, why should I bother putting stuff away? For example, if you want kids to work collaboratively, then we know arranging your furniture in groups and having comfortable chairs will encourage people to sit and chat. If you give the right student the right environment to be creative and to be engaged in learning, then that's what's going to happen. But it also might be the right environment for students to waste time and chat about other things and compare Instagram accounts. It's truly amazing to see how much furniture can affect classes. Over the years, I've worked in classrooms, or created classrooms, that have had tables in a U-shape. I've had tables in groups. I've had tables around the perimeter of the room. I've had no tables at all. I've had bean bags on the floor instead of tables and chairs. I've had benches. I've had tables that are on rollers. I've had ottomans. So when it comes to the environment of that room, it has to suit what's going on in that room. All of those different environments were at different schools, depending on what happened in that room. Research studies have shown that um, rooms with a bright light, natural and or artificial, can improve depression and anxiety. So have a think about your lighting in your room and see if there's a way that you can enhance your natural lighting by positioning the furniture in a different spot. If you want to have a flexible teaching space, then you have to learn how to manage the clutter that comes from a music class. In our previous session, we discussed the situational analysis. Now, you should have a really clear understanding of what's going on in your classroom and what's going on in your music department. And one of the biggest problems with the music classroom is they can become incredibly messy incredibly quickly. Do you agree? I'm sure you are nodding your head right now because I know I am. And it only takes a back turn for a room to become messy. 
If you're looking at using an integrated teaching style, then students are going to be freely moving around the room. You want them collaborating in groups. You want them using a variety of instruments. That's an incredibly hard dynamic to keep an eye on. And if the students are engaged in their learning, then they're probably not going to hear the bell. So it's incredibly important that you have a room that makes logical choices for storage and movement of that equipment and the students. Particularly if you're a beginning teacher, time management is going to be one of your weak areas. Not because of the fact that you're hopeless, it's because of the fact you haven't been in a classroom. Colleges and universities can teach you all the wonderful things about teaching, but they can't teach time management because you don't, you, or correction, you aren't prepared for those unexpected moments. Like, for example, when you get distracted because little Johnny's decided to stick the guitar lead in the centre of the hole or he's somehow rotated the cover off it and now you've got wires everywhere and you've got an ock health and safety issue. And then all of a sudden the bell goes and you're in an absolute panic because gear's not away and kids haven't put any yelling instructions at kids left, right and centre. I have no doubt you've seen this scenario before. So just think about your classroom for a minute. Remember, it's about having logical choices for storage and the movement of instruments and students is the primary focus. So think about your classroom. Picture it. Have you got it in your mind? Now, what if that room was your home? Would it pass your standard of cleanliness, your freedom from clutter? Would it pass you, your environment standards as a learning environment? If the answer is yes, then good work. Congratulations. You're a type A personality, a perfectionist. And if it doesn't, then why doesn't it? Why does your room not look organised, clean, effective? Our kids spend a third of their day at school. So that environment we have to make as engaging, as welcoming and as relaxing as possible. We have to teach our students how they learn. The only way we can teach them how they learn is to allow them to learn in a flexible environment. So now have a think about <coughs> excuse me, what your room is being used for. You've also got to look at what equipment's being used in that room. Have you got any OHS issues? One school I worked at had PowerPoints, um, big PowerPoint boxes, which sat on top of the floor. So it was a trip hazard. So they were instantly converted to drop down PowerPoints. So they dropped into the floor and they had covers over the top of them. But again, the covers are OHS issues if the covers are left up. Do you have cables running across entryways? Have you got any organisational issues? So you need to make a list of all of this and what goes on in the room. For example, if you have a class who are better to be seated in a particular arrangement, then a flexible classroom might not be necessarily a good option for you. However, if you want to teach in an integrated teaching style and have collaboration and you want the students moving around freely, then tables and chairs might not be a good option either. So you have to find the middle ground. It's also the same if you've got two or three people working in a classroom, in the same classroom. 
For example, what if two of your staff are left eye dominant and one of your staff is right eye dominant? The layout of the room is going to affect one of one or two of you. It's either going to affect the right eye dominant or the left eye dom dominant because they're not going to be able to see all the children. That's for another podcast. I'll talk about dominance later, eye dominance later. But what you have to do is you have to find the middle ground. So I have a tip for the middle ground. It's called zones. Have a think about what your classroom is being used for and then divide it into zones. It is so much easier than you think. I remember visiting a colleague of mine at a school and they used coloured gaff on the floor. They marked it out on the carpet, works really well, um, and they marked out the zones. So the students learned very, very quickly where things belonged because there were zones marked off of where equipment lived, for example, amps and speakers and things of that nature. Um, they had good storage for things and they had things labelled. So zones are really important. The second tip is consistent training. Just like when you go to the supermarket, you know you've been trained to either get a trolley or pick up a basket to put things in either one of those two. We know we need to go to the register and we need to scan the items, place them in bags or back into the trolley and transport them back to the car. This is a process that we have learnt and it's all part of our training related to shopping. A music classroom is no different. The students have to have consistent training. So here's a list of the tips that I gave before on how to do a room audit. So list all the uses of the room, list all the equipment in the room, list any OH&S issues you've got, list any issues with the look or the organisation of the room, draw up a plan of the room, take out a tape measure and work out how big the room is. If you have the right measurements of the room when you're looking at zones, and furniture that you want to purchase or change, this is so much easier. Think about where furniture can be used for a dual purpose. For example, you uh, tables that have got whiteboard tops on them or the um, cafe benches that have got whiteboards behind them. There's lots of dual purpose um, elements that you can have with um, the resources in your, in your room. So now if you've done an audit, and you've done your situational analysis, then you have this massive list of things you want to change or things that don't work. So now task two is to break down that huge mountain you just created because if you're the sort of person that is not a list maker and you look at this list of two or three pages long of things you want to change, all of a sudden you have a mountain standing in front of you and you just go, oh, my God, I can't do this. And you put your head in the sand and you hope somebody else comes along and digs you out before you suffocate. I know. I know exactly what it's like. So when I was much younger, <clears throat> I had the opportunity of reading a lot of um, self-help resources and I came across a, a wonderful motivational speaker by the name of Anthony Robbins. I'm sure many of you have heard of him. One of the tools that I got from Anthony's uh, catalogue of material was something called the tool of capture. It's called a capture list, and that's exactly what it is, a list of everything you can think that relates to a topic or an area. So we, some people call it a brain dump. Others call it a stream of consciousness writing. I like to call it a capture list. So in task two, in order to break down your mountain, you've got to make a capture list of everything you want to change. 
Doesn't matter how far-fetched it is, doesn't matter how much money it costs, doesn't matter whether you have the tools or the experience to do it, it does not matter. Just make the damn list. And that list has to have everything on it that you need to change in order to have the music department of your dreams. This is what I want to see happen. I want to see this at the end. This is what's called your overall package of change. And this package will go through your three stages, stage four, stage five, stage six. It might even include your co-curricular program if you're going that far in advance. In the school I currently am, when we wrote the first five-year plan for that school, it incorporated classroom, it incorporated co-curricular. And the whole focus was, the whole first bunch focus was environment and content. And now the second year, five-year plan, the focus is culture and process so you can see you'll see once you get to the end how this kind of falls into place now once you've got your list this huge list massive list it's now time for you to subdivide look for things that are easy fixes that can be done quickly look for things that can be grouped together look for long-term projects that are going to take a lot of time to either plan or prepare or might require a fair bit of money So put all of those in sort of little groupings, right? Now, my advice is the list that you've created that are simple fixes, go and do it now. Make a change straight away because as soon as you act on something, you feel a thousand times better. And it might be the smallest thing. It might be hooks to hang up the cables. It might be a um, series of folders like maybe maybe folder holders for you to put the band folders in doesn't matter what it is whatever the simple fixes are it could be signs on the door right it doesn't matter what it is the smallest of changes makes the biggest difference so now you've got your capture list um you need to subdivide and then from that you can come up with uh i guess what's your overall package of change now i've got a sample um that I'm going to go through just very quickly now. Um, it's not, uh, how can I say, I'm not going to subject you to the capture list. The capture list was huge. The capture list for this um, subdivision of change or, the, or this overall package of change was five pages, I think, of handwriting um, every second line. So it was a massive, massive capture list. But once I grouped everything together, and I, I, I had the items that were easy fixes, straightaway fixes. I did them separately. That was a separate thing. So that was only a half a page of easy fixes. But um, once I finished looking at the overall package of change and all the lists, I was able to break it down into seven categories. So this particular list I'm about to read to you is um, how they were grouped together. So item one was increase the composition and oral skills, which was creating more support for the Music 2 candidates. The second item was there was a lack of compositional knowledge with regard to fragmentation, extension and development. The third item was the students needed to learn how to listen. They also needed to look at meta-language as part of that. The fourth item was keep the playing aspect of the course, but we have to integrate it better. Wasn't working as effectively. Number five was improve the relatability of the topic areas. Number six, Google Apps for Education had to be integrated, had to be introduced into this school. 
or this particular department. And number seven, there were technology platforms that needed introducing which would make effective change. So they were the seven items that I ended up grouping them to. So these had these huge overarching groups. And then I came up with what I called the end game of the epic cultural change. So this is the end game. So at the end, this is what I wanted to see. In stage four, I wanted to see an integrated approach to topic work. I wanted to see personal best style practical units. I wanted to introduce African drumming and stomp. I wanted to look at guitar, keyboard and a technology unit, definitely music and animation, and composition activities they needed to go through to stage four, in stage four. So we needed some composition activities that were integrated into the resource work. In stage five, I wanted to change the programming to skills-based topics and score development was the area that was missing big time. So, for example, in year nine, the skills base that we focused specifically on was harmony, chords, harmonic functions, harmonic structures, textual arrangements, all of that to do with harmony and to do with construction of songs and works. That was all based in year nine. In year 10, it was all about fragmenting. It was all about melodic material extension, development of melodic material, textural, melodic devices, rhythmic devices. It was all based, that was the skill set that we selected for year 10. In stage six, in the Music 2 course, we wanted to have a higher level thinking oral skills because it was a bit of a weakness. The, um, there were platform issues with notation programs. We had to sort those out. Um, with the preliminary program, I wanted to start with concepts and link the concepts with the mandatory topic with the comp project, include ensemble playing, more ensemble playing and improvisation through the ages, going from Baroque period right through. Uh, in HSC, it was all about Matthew Hinson's Composition Toolbox. If you're not familiar with that resource, get your hands on it for Music 2. It's very good. Um, so incorporating the compositional devices so everything came back to the compositional devices which are tied in with the mandatory works which are tied in with the composition and the core piece was their first performance that was primary because that all tied then into beginning in the mandatory topic material in music extension we focused on a master class type strategies in preparation um, we wanted to provide more performance opportunities not practice opportunities morrison says james morrison says this all the time you go into your room and you practice. When you go to perform, we're seeing evidence of your practicing. We're not seeing evidence of your performance. So you need to go and play. You need to perform. We also wanted to focus on creating a collegial culture in the course and introduce a practice log for the performance students so we could monitor the masterclass strategies. And in Stage 6 Music 1, we wanted to explore the connections with professional um, accompanists and professional material uh, musicians out there and we also wanted to develop the Viva Voce option a little bit more. We wanted to look at the processes behind that and how we help our students to develop their Viva Voces because they were doing well but they could have needed to have improvement. So that was how those seven items became the end game throughout stage four, five and six. So I'm not going to say it's an easy thing to do. It's not an easy thing to do by any stretch, but it's a necessary part of the process. A capture list for anything, doesn't matter whether it's uh, um, um, a cultural change, doesn't matter whether it's a plan toward epic change, 
doesn't matter what it is. It could be a project, but a capture list is what I always start with. And from there, I can start to group and organize. It makes it so much easier. So thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. To access the free giveaway from um, the podcast, you just need to go to kcmtv.com.au. The instructions are on the page. Uh, It's my gift to you for taking the time to listen to today's podcast. And now that you're at the end, I just want to give you one more tip to help you fast track your experience with KCM. Here's four ways that you can get the most out of the experiences that I provide to help you build the music department of your dreams. Simply remember FAST. F-A-S-T. The F stands for Facebook. You are not alone in your classroom and you are not alone in your school. So take advantage of the online resources that I've created over years of working with kids in and out of schools. Go and like my Facebook page. It's Clarissa Custom Music. That's K-L-E-R-R-I-S-A, Custom Music. And I want to invite you to join my private online Facebook group. It's called KCM TV. You do need to answer some questions. Please be honest in the answering of the questions. Please don't ignore them. They're there for a reason. It just gives me a bit of an idea about what your skill set is and what sorts of things you're teaching so that I can help you. It's there at the KCM TV Facebook group. You can connect with me. You can connect with other secondary music teachers. You can link to resources. You can even ask, submit questions to ask me to answer when you need some help. So if you need any help, you just put a little question in there and I can answer it for you. The A stands for access. Now that's on the website. So on the 8th, no, on the 15th of February this year, 2021, I'm opening a new and improved KCM access. Those of you that were with me years ago, back in the early 2007, 2008, remember I had an access area that you required a password for. It was free. Well, I've converted it, I'm converting it to a membership site. That's where you'll have access to all the resources that have been created by KCM. Every single book that I've created will be there for you to access, all 21 novels, all 21 resources. It also has monthly editions, which will include free courses for you and your students. There's going to be site locations created for the resources so that you don't have to travel through all of the resources. You can just jump into the membership site and you can use the um, website resources that we've got access to and there's a bunch of other things going in there as well. KCM Access, as I said, is going to launch on the 15th of February, so stay tuned. Make sure you join the mailing list on the website. Right, Remember, the website is clarissacustommusic.com.au. K-L-E-R-R-I-S-A, custom music, two M's in the middle. The S stands for subscribe. Subscribe to this podcast, 10 Minute Tips to Teach Music. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. That is Kerry Lacey, K-E-R-R-I-L-A-C-E-Y. And subscribe to the mailing list because you don't want to miss out on any of the free training. And you you can subscribe for the mailing list at either the website, clarissacustommusic.com.au, or the other website, kcmtv.com.au, if that's easier to remember. And finally, the T stands for tag and tell. Tag me on Instagram or Facebook. That way I can be aware of how I can help my wider community. Hashtag KCMTV, hashtag Clarissa Custom Music. Tell your friends, your colleagues, your students about the resources and the support they can find at Clarissa Custom Music. Leave a review on iTunes. 
with the podcast or on your favorite video on YouTube or a post. Share the podcast. This helps others to find me and also to find you. Social media is one of the greatest tools I have to spread the love, so it only takes a minute to help out. Remember, you are part of the KCM team because you've listened to the podcast. So lend a hand and help me out so that I can help you and help others. So remember, FAST stands for Facebook, Access, Subscribe, Tag and Tell. I'll see you in the next episode of 10 Minute Tips to Teach Music. Until then, remember, if you want to create the music department of your dreams, well, the key lies within you. So let me help you find your key. You've been listening to 10 Minute Tips to Teach Music with Clarissa Custom Music's very own Kerry Langston.